This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thanks for joining me again today. My name is Judy Cho, and I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. I work with clients to get to root cause healing, and oftentimes that is healing the gut with a meat based elimination diet. Today is a short clip of a long discussion I had with Dr. Robert Cy West. We talked a lot about liver health and biliary status and the overall effects of hypervitaminosis on a meat based diet that can be affected when our liver or bile has not always been ideal. And even if it was ideal, maybe there are some concerns about excessive nutrients on a carnivore diet. Maybe these 10 plus year carnivore veterans had it right all along. Maybe we should rarely be eating liver and kidney organ meats. Fat soluble vitamins can get stored. And when we eat these fat soluble vitamins with fat, the absorption rate becomes much higher. So not only is the liver strained because it has to store excess vitamins such as B12 and vitamin A, D, E, and K, it also has to produce more bile to break down the fats that we consume on our carnivore diet. These are things we've never considered when we thought nutrient dense was the right way to go. This information is imperative to be out there because, one, if your vitamin D is really low or your LDL is really high, you may want to consider backing off of some of the vitamin A rich foods. Vitamin A and vitamin D3 are antagonistic of one another, but if we eat an exorbitant amount of vitamin A, where does that leave our vitamin D? And in beef liver or chicken liver or any other animal liver, there is next to no vitamin D, or vitamin E and K for that matter. Some of us may be able to handle one ounce of liver a day, but if you are consuming other vitamin A rich foods, or you've ever had liver disease, Or have taken Accutane or struggle with bile production, all of these things can affect the toxicity of overdosing vitamins. I also had the pleasure of having a written interview with Chris Masterjohn in regards to vitamin A, liver, and hypervitaminosis A. He says it is possible to get toxic from vitamin A and that it's probably safer to eat it maybe once a week. He also did say that it's probably unlikely that if you eat one ounce of liver a day, With some egg yolks and butter, that you would get hypervitaminosis A. 
but he concluded in the next section that if you've ever had liver disease or liver imbalances, that the risk may be much higher. Again, these are the things we should think about when we decide to eat a meat-based or carnivore diet long-term. This doesn't affect everyone, but it will definitely affect some. So let's get right into this short clip with Dr. Cy West. Are we sometimes overdoing fat-soluble vitamins, maybe even the B vitamins, because like B12 and I think folate and maybe even sometimes B6 can slightly get stored in the liver. And so if we're inundating the liver with a lot of excess nutrients, where we sometimes see hypervitaminosis A, can that actually affect our health. And so because you're, you know, you're an expert with the liver, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain about that. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And I think you're absolutely correct is that a number of people who are able to sustainably do tough things, at least initially, like strict carnivore, that kind of thing, have what I call nth degree personalities. In other words, they'll do something to the nth degree. And sometimes more of a good thing is not necessarily a better thing. And that's really what we're talking about. And also with the exposure, especially under the COVID lockdowns and things of uh, probably too broad and too ignorant a population on the internet where too many people are wannabes giving advice who have no basic knowledge, but they're smart salespeople and they're trying to push a product. So they come up with a tiny little quirk that's kind of irrelevant. And then they blow it up into this whole big expose. And at the bottom line of all of that, they're trying to sell a product. And I have huge issues with that because first of all, fundamentally, the human body is incredibly resilient. It is really, really good at taking care of itself. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist as a species. So what we really have to do is to get out of the way of the body doing what it does best. And um, so that's the first thing. So there are a variety of non-nutritional diseases of the biliary system and of the um, liver that I want to take off the table. I think they're outside of the spectrum of this discussion. Certainly, we can make those diseases worse by eating inappropriately, but I don't want to discuss those. And I want to make sure that we draw a specific line around what we as human beings can improve in ourselves versus what we can't improve in ourselves. Okay. And we leave what we can't improve into ourselves to gastroenterologists, to hepatologists to help us with that. Biliary cirrhosis, some of those diseases are important to understand. But I wonder, like the reason why I brought up all of this liver imbalance or bile imbalance is, I wonder if sometimes it's the food that we're eating as carnivores, right? So if you think about just from a, and obviously we don't know their whole story, but the veteran carnivores that have been doing it for 10 plus years, a lot of them didn't eat nose to tail. They didn't eat a ton of liver. They didn't eat a ton of kidneys. And so they were eating mostly muscle meat. They weren't worrying about all the nutrients in chronometer and they're faring well. Now there's this new space where a lot of people are like, you need to eat liver every day. Um, I don't consider carnivore, you know, carnivore without liver and things like that. But, you know, the fact that we store, vitamin A, D, E, and K in our liver, and then some of the B vitamins we just mentioned. And if we have any fatty liver from our prior diet or insulin resistance, I do think there is a risk of overdoing the vitamin A, soluble vitamins for the liver, which then can maybe impair our liver, not function as well. And then maybe it affects our kidneys indirectly. And I wonder if it's some of the diet of these carnivores. So yeah, that was yeah. kind of... So I, I think the first uh, axiom of healthcare, at least as physicians, do no harm. 
Yes. And one of the things that we've got to make sure about, I'm myself and mostly carnivore. I'm about 95 to 98% carnivore. You just saw my baby who's uh, about the same and he's nine, 10 months old. So it's something that I inherently understand to be one of the healthiest ways a human being can eat. But at the same time, I don't want to blindly get locked into this. So I don't want your audience to understand that I'm anti-carnivore. I'm very pro-carnivore. And as such, I want to make sure that we are healthy and that other people can't point fingers to us. And I think what I said earlier on is the nth degree thing. One of the, one of the key things about uh, once you've been carnivore for a while, and once you're becoming insulin sensitive, fat adapter, I'll talk about that in a second, you shouldn't need any supplements. I if you, and, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about carnivore. It should be supplement free. But when people spend a long time on the internet, they're getting thrown. I mean, I get patients coming in with two pages of supplements and additives and it's totally unnecessary. I mean, how, how the hell they can be fat because they're so busy eating all these pills. I don't know where there's room for the food, let alone. So unless you've got a specific deficit, Number one, it is unnecessary to supplement once you're in a steady state. Number two is um, if you're unsure about where your numbers are, they can all be tested for, but they should be tested for somebody by somebody who understands the difference between an insulin sensitive and an insulin resistant person. Liver, for example, so beef liver, chicken liver, all the animal livers are really, you know, so all the fat soluble vitamins are supposed to kind of balance one another out. Well, they all have really high amounts of vitamin A. Now you can counter vitamin A with, I guess, some of the vitamin D, but if you are taking so much of the vitamin A, there's like minimal vitamin D in liver, but there's also a lot of vitamin B12. There's also a lot of folate. All of those get... Um, stored in the liver when there's excess. So I wonder, some carnivores say that they can go outside and they get, they're able to tolerate the sun more. Maybe they're able to get more vitamin D, but is it because they have so much vitamin A excess? And it's just, I mean, I don't know ways to prove this. Well, that's, that's no, the way to prove it is to measure those levels. And you're absolutely correct. But okay. The paradox is that we see um, the different molecules, there's four or five different types of vitamin K. We typically check K1 and K2, right. but uh, K, is, K levels, uh, A levels, and, and um, um, the A, the E, and the K, which are the three fat-soluble vitamins, are not uncommonly massively elevated. And the D is low because D, vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's a cholesterol hormone. It's a steroid yes. hormone. And it gets produced in the skin, and then it has to be converted in the liver and then the kidneys into the active form of D. And the sunlight, the ultraviolet light activates it in the skin. So it's a different subset. But I am concerned in a carnival person because high insulin levels block vitamin D. But So why are we seeing low vitamin D levels in carnivores when their insulin is low? And I don't have the answer to that. A lot of these folks are out in the sun. They're running all the time. And the paradox also is, and I think you're correct, these people that are eating tons of liver all the time, tons of organs, that may be okay. But we're seeing hypervitaminoses with those folks. And B12 is the common one. A, E, and K are the other ones. And a lot of these folks, unfortunately, and I can't tell them not to do this. I tried to, but they won't. They're taking D and K2 as a continuous, ridiculous amounts of supplement. And their K levels are through the roof. Now, their PT, PDT are normal. Their INR, which is really what you're using K for, is the clotting factors. Uh, They're all normal. We test all of those. Those are the concerns, and I think it, you're right that they're consuming too much, 
but they're also not using that much. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.